0: Hi, I'm Eric Voss, and Spider- man Far From Home wasted no time in this post-endgame recovery period to release a new trailer, with Tom Holland actually giving us a spoiler warning for once, and revealing the insane ways the MCU will move on after Endgame. Multiverses, depressing Iron Man art, Nick Fury calling Peter Parker a bitch. It is truly the darkest timeline, and I'm going to break down this Far From Home trailer, frame by frame for all the details that you might have missed and explaining the secret conspiracy that this footage could be hiding. Spoiler warning for Avengers Endgame and in case I predict anything too accurately for Far From Home, spoiler warning for that too. Let's get started. Okay, after Tom Holland's opening spoiler warning, the kid really has come a long way and taking great spoiler responsibility to go with his great spoiler power. This trailer opens on Spider-Man in Queens, New York, wearing the Iron Spider suit given to him by Tony Stark in Infinity War because, as has been confirmed by the studio and film Spider-Man Far From Home takes place shortly after the events of Avengers Endgame. So this is set in the year 2023, after the five-year time jump, after Bruce Banner snapped back all the dusted and after Tony Stark died by snapping away Thanos and his forces. Now this kind of presents some timeline confusion because along with Peter, Ned, MJ, Flash, and Betty Brant all look the same age when the students in Peter's school should have aged five years during that time jump period. So I guess we're meant to assume that all of those particular classmates happen to all get snapped as well, meaning they wouldn't have aged either. Yes, I suppose it is a bit of a coincidence that exactly the memorable faces of Peter's academic decathlon team got affected by this supposedly randomized cosmic rapture, but all the members of my high school math team got mono, so it's possible. It could even be that this Euro trip in the movie was arranged for return snap victims to get away, since they would now be in classes with students who were previously five years younger than them And it might be kind of weird for Flash to see the little 6th graders he used to pick on having now hit their growth spurts in these 5 years and now tower over him. Peter sees this Iron Man tribute mural saying everywhere I go I see his face. Behind him, the train passes by, reminding me, at least, of our other beloved departed figure, Stan Lee, whom the animators of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse snuck into a number of passing trains. Like Into the Spider-Verse, Far From Home is opening this world to the Marvel Multiverse, so I like to think that Stan could be circling the city on the train of this New York, too. Happy Hogan tells a tear-stricken Peter, I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. Stark's sacrifice and Endgame was largely inspired by Peter Parker in particular. Early in Game, Stark told Cap, I lost the kid. And it is a photo with Peter that spurs Stark to reconsider the time heist. And he makes sure to give Peter a big bear hug when he returns, calling back his non-hug in Homecoming. This isn't a hug, I'm just opening the door. We're not there yet. But with Endgame, Tony finally got there with Peter. And now the main theme for Far From Home appears to be the question of who will carry on Iron Man's legacy? Peter Parker? Or some other Peter pretender? Moving on. Okay, Peter uses the Iron Spider armor to take out some thugs in this fancy restaurant, webbing some of them to the walls and using his suit's extendable arms, they're called Waldos in the comics, to block a club and a kitchen knife. Among these awesome functions are these web grenades, that which fire back as projectiles and explode at people's feet, snaring them up into the ceiling. Now it's not clear who this gang is, but behind the chandelier, the webbed person wears a flashy leopard print suit with fierce heels. I'm wondering if this could be an adaptation of the Spidey villain, Craven the Hunter. And the cop that Peter teases has a name badge, Bristow. Now, Peter Bristow is a character associated with the New Mutants in the X-Men comics, but I'm not sure it's connected. Endgame actually featured a more possible X-Men Easter egg with Roberto da Costa on the memorial, AKA Sunspot from the X-Men comics. But in this case, not every name is a conspiracy theory that goes all the way to the top. Next clip. Okay, next is a shot from the past trailer with Peter swinging past Grand Central. Station with its Avengers Monument on top that was added after the Battle of New York. And behind it is Avengers Tower under renovations. Maybe during the five-year time period in Endgame, a new owner would have bought the space, turning this tower into perhaps the Oscorp building or the Baxter building of the Fantastic Four. Peter sends Nick Fury to voicemail, and behind Happy is this old wrestling poster. It lists Crusher Hogan, which is the name of the wrestler that Peter Parker faced in the exhibition match in the comic book origin. And actually, beneath Crusher Hogan is the name Bonesaw McGraw, the name of the wrestler that Macho Man Randy Savage played in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man exhibition match. Bonesaw is ready. Spider-Man more than any Marvel character is super connected to his multiverse counterparts. Which into the Spider-Verse nailed. So I love that this live action version is working in little nods to both the comics and alternate film adaptations of this character. Okay, moving on. Behind Peter in this art classroom is more tribute art to Iron Man, more reminders to Peter of his loss and the legacy that he's feeling pressured to take on. Then to Venice, where Flash gets nut-checked during a selfie video. This takes place in Venice's Plaza San Marco, aka St. Mark's Plaza. Or as it sounds like Flash is about to call it, St. Marco Polos? The crew for this movie filmed on location, so a lot of these background extras might have actually been legit tourists on the day. Maybe it's just me, but that guy on the far left? Looks a lot like Joe Russo, doesn't he? Maybe I'm just used to seeing Joe Russo cameo in every Marvel movie he directs. Or maybe just stocky residents of Venice look a lot like Joe Russo. Fury hits Ned with a Trank dart. Totally chill thing for an adult stranger to do to a child. And he tells Peter, You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. But notice that this line was changed from the first trailer when Fury said, Nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. That could be because both of these characters were present at Tony Stark's funeral in Avengers Endgame. Fury was creeping in the back with Maria Hill, so it's possible that Peter didn't meet them, but it's just another example of how that first trailer was edited to try to hide Avengers Endgame reveals. Moving on. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers, Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg, and uh, who are you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why The Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the Real Brady Bros. Okay, here is where things get nuts. Peter meets Quentin Beck aka the Spider-Man villain Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Peter is told that Beck is from an alternate Earth in the multiverse, and that the Snap tore a hole in this dimension. Okay, huh? So the existence of the Marvel multiverse isn't really news. Doctor Strange introduced the idea, and Avengers Endgame barfed out a version of time travel with all kinds of alternate universe ramifications. So like, now there's a separate branch universe where Loki is still alive, a universe where Thanos went missing in 2014, and the Guardians of the Galaxy never came together, and depending on whether you ask the directors or the screenwriters, a universe where old man Cap is trying to prevent 9-11 from happening. But while the multiverse does sound like a real thing now being part of the MCU, similar to the animated multiverse of Into the Spider-Verse, there is a good chance that Quentin Beck is lying. Mysterio is known as a master of illusion, deception, and hypnotism. Actually, in the Ultimate comics, the Earth 1610 Mysterio is revealed to be an android remotely controlled by the Earth 616 Mysterio in order to conquer that version of Earth. So while it appears here that Beck is working with Fury and Hill to fight these elemental villains attacking European cities, Beck could just be claiming to be a superhero from another universe, one they wouldn't know, when really he's a con man from this universe, a guy who's a wizard of special effects, creating these hoaxes for himself to play the hero. You'll notice that one of the technicians here is the actor Numan Akar, who's rumored to be playing a character named Dmitri, which some speculated could be the version of the villain Dmitri Smerdyakov the chameleon. This guy could be in cahoots with Beck, helping create these illusions. It is surprising that Nick Fury would be fooled by this, but he could be under Mysterio's hypnosis. Or maybe he is suspicious, and that is why he brought in Spider-Man, a real superhero, to help investigate if Beck is who he says he is. It's also interesting that Fury says the snap caused the hole in the dimensions, because that makes me wonder which snap. Thanos' first snap at the end of Infinity War? Hulk's snap to bring everyone back? Tony snapped to kill Thanos? I suppose it's true that any of those snaps would have been universe-rupturing events that could have ripped the fabric of reality. But remember, Thanos also used the stones to destroy the stones. He reduced them to atoms. Now, we don't know if that was a snap motion per se, but the Ancient One did say that the stones were necessary to maintain the flow of space-time. So, maybe by destroying those stones, Thanos caused chaos to spill through the multiverse. Let me know which of the snaps you think caused this in the comments, and let's move on. So, Fury, Hill, and Beck are tracking and containing these elemental monsters, which could be based on the elementals from the Doctor Strange comics. But, as I pointed out in past trailers, there have been Easter egg numbers on boats and license plates linking them to issues of Spider-Man comics that introduced Hydro man Sandman, and Molten-Man. Whichever these things are, I think there's a good chance that they're being puppeted by Mysterio. Spider-Man pitches Thor and Captain Marvel as better hero options. This actually might be the first time the name Captain Marvel has been spoken out loud in the MCU, since, you know, secret identities are less of a thing in general in the MCU, and people are more likely to go as Carol Danvers, or Clint Barton, or Rabbit. Nick Fury was the one to inspire the name Captain Marvel, like the Motown Marvelettes, so maybe it's a title that he and Hill had been using. There's also a shot of Peter's new black stealth suit, perhaps given to him by Fury and Hill, and maybe part of Beck's original goal to make Spider-Man the less noticeable hero so that he can stand out more and look more like the flashy hero that everyone should pay attention to. Moving on. After Fury reminds us of Peter's space flight and Infinity War, Mysterio soars past the Shard of London toward Tower Bridge, and MJ IDs Peter as Spider-Man, which should be a pretty big deal, but Peter keeps introducing himself to everyone in the MCU with his real name! With Doctor Strange and Infinity War? I'm Peter, by the way! Dr. Strange. Oh, we're using made-up names? Um, I'm Spider-Man then. And he introduced himself as Peter to Carol Danvers in Endgame. So when it comes to discretion, Peter's definitely not the Batman eye makeup and growl variety. Move on! London's Tower Bridge is attacked by this massive monster, which before I thought could be a cloudy air elemental. But examining it more closely, it looks like it's made up of fire and muddy earth. I think this could be an even larger fusion of the other three elements that we've seen. The fire one, the sand one, and the water one all together. Then Beck says this is my responsibility, perhaps another clue that he doesn't want Peter's interference because he wants to steal Iron Man's legacy as the new hero. Then Peter wears these sunglasses, which are the same exact ones that Tony Stark wore in Infinity War and in Endgame. They provide a heads-up display that shows heat signatures, x-ray vision. Perhaps Stark left these for Peter in his will, and Peter finally put them on here, now surprised to accidentally see stuff that he didn't expect to see, like maybe through someone's clothes. Or maybe these sunglasses are revealing Beck and the elementals to be part of a grand illusion and hoax. Peter might also be seeing a post-mortem projection recording of Tony Stark, similar to the recording at the end of Endgame, some important message that he left behind for the kid. Like Iron Man may be gone, but I would just love if RDJ re-cameos as Stark in these jor Ellie recordings and future Marvel films to keep alive his presence and his humor. On to the next clip. Okay, back in that shot at the bar, Peter tells Beck the world needs the next Iron Man. And then Peter appears in Stark's jet with a hollow display projecting his suit's web shooters over his arm. Tony Stark would use these similar hollow displays for his armor. And Happy Hogan nods, proud to see Peter Parker metaphorically filling in Tony Stark's suit like this. Then there's a shot of Mysterio hovering over twisted debris of that carnival setting that we've seen before, but if you listen closely you can hear some gunfire. Pop, pop, pop! suggesting that Beck is blocking bullets. Considering all of his other confrontations have been with elemental monsters, here he might be fighting police or Ferry Hill's unit. Peter sees another public shrine for Iron Man, and the face of Tony Stark has been drawn inside this helmet. I'm a little curious as to why the shrine was set up in this location. Maybe there already was some Iron Man graffiti there, so they just brought in some candles. Or since Far From Home is set across Europe, this could be in Monaco, where Iron Man fought Whiplash. And as Spider-Man in his stealth suit fights that fire monster, we move on to the Last clip. Okay, so Happy Hogan shows up to save these kids after they run from Tower Bridge in London, but his jet explodes, judging from their surroundings, this is right outside the world-famous Tower of London, which is located adjacent to the Tower Bridge in the city. But I want to know what causes this jet to explode. I don't see any attack from the thing that was attacking Tower Bridge, or any projectile trail from anything fired upon it. A parked jet, especially one designed by Tony Stark? Doesn't just go boom! Maybe those cannons in the Tower of London still work and some beef eater was like, you can't park that here! Let me know what you think is going on here and how bad my accent is, and do you think Quentin Beck is lying about the multiverse in general? Or is the multiverse real and Beck is just lying about being from another dimension? Comment down below with your thoughts, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at EAVoss, and subscribe to New Rockstars on YouTube, and make sure to follow our new podcast feed, Inside Marvel, for early access to all of our Marvel breakdowns and theories. Oh hey, Nick Fury's calling. Pfft, I'll answer out of my to him, Nick Fury's awesome. Ugh. Hello, Spider Man. Oh, hey, Nick. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. What happened last time you trusted someone?